good Monday morning and welcome to another episode of the podcast Insanity, a peace of mind. I am your host, Stephanie. This is episode 127, and I am going to continue to talk about and expand on last week's topic, which was parent and adult-child relationships. Last week, Lindsay and Carson helped me out, and one of our focuses was to have them talk directly to parents and provide insight into their perspective as adult children. And to some extent, they gave a bit of a window into maybe how adult, how parents could interact in those adult relationships. And they said a couple of things that I'm going to talk about and address the parent responsibility. So one of the things Lindsay said, which is much bigger than this topic alone, but she said, parents, remember that your children's decisions or their successes or their failures or their path in life is not about you. And that is a simple statement with huge implications because we start very early in our child's life with these feelings that our children are extensions of us and that is fundamentally not true. Our role as a parent is to provide the space for our children to differentiate themselves from their primary caregivers. Our role as parents is to provide a physically safe place an emotionally nurturing place where our children can find who they are and what their place in the world is. Let's assume you are telling me about your most recent trip to Costco with your five, seven, and 10 year old. And your five, seven, and 10 year old behaved abominably at Costco. They were fighting, they were yelling, they were antagonizing one another. Two of them were crying. One of them dropped something and broke it. And you can see people looking at you. You have Costco employees who are cleaning up after you. And it is an absolute disaster. And in that moment, you are frustrated at your wits end, angry, tired, and your response to your children is 
threatening. If you don't calm down, we're never coming back to Costco again. It is manipulative. If you will be quiet, I will buy you this. And it might even be overly aggressive. And you might be taking children by the arm or the hand and dragging them out of Costco, muttering how embarrassed you are, how ashamed they should be, how poorly they reacted, they were acting, and you can't take them anywhere, and you are so disappointed in them. And I ask you, wow, that must have been hard. How did you feel about that? In all likelihood, you are not going to be able to articulate how you felt about that. You are going to retell the story. And more likely than not, it's going to focus on their behavior, which objectively was egregious. And if I ask you again, how did you feel about that? In all likelihood, you would again focus on their behavior. And when I ask you if you're ever going to go to Costco again, you're going to say, well, never with them. And in all of my questioning, in all likelihood, it will continue to be about the behavior of the children. And that makes sense. And so I'll ask again, how would you feel about something like that? And the feeling underneath something like that would in all likelihood include embarrassment, failure, shame, humiliation, because your children's behavior in your mind is a reflection on your parenting. And if your children are behaving like that, then you are a, quote, bad parent, unquote, even if for just that minute or that moment. There would be people who observe you in that moment. They would observe you bribing them, manipulating them, threatening them, manhandling them, you know, hands and arms to try and remove the children from Costco, and they would be judging you, presumably. And in that, you would feel judged on display. And all of these feelings are what's going on inside of you. And you are acting on those feelings in a way that reinforces the need to be a good parent. And if you take this example and you create another example for your 18 year old or your 28 year old, the idea behind this is your children's action, actions, your child's behavior, your 
children's choices are viewed as a reflection on you. And if you are trying to manage that reflection, then you will always, I shouldn't use words like always and should, but if that is how, if, if you are, re, if you are managing that reflection, you are going to feel compelled to be overly invested in your children's lives. Let's move ahead a few years now and assume that one of those three children is now a 17 year old young man who has had a history of drug use, gotten into a lot of trouble and is difficult to parent and you're struggling in many ways. And someone somewhere along the line after this son has been caught shoplifting asks you how you feel about your son's behavior. Again, in all likelihood, there wouldn't be much conversation about how you felt about the shoplifting. It would be about retelling the story of your child getting caught, being contacted by the police, being called down, having to bail your child out, and then having to come up with some punishment. And that would be the story you would tell. It wouldn't necessarily feel right to you as a parent to describe how you felt about the incident. And in all likelihood, what you're feeling is embarrassment, anger, failure, shame, and all of those feelings are about you. They are felt because you believe that your child's behavior is a reflection on you. As though you didn't teach them well enough, as though they didn't learn by what you taught them, and on and on and on. And so you believe that this is about you. And because a child who gets caught shoplifting identifies you as a parent who failed in some way, your reaction to your child is about you. It is not about them. In order to make it about them, you have to think long and hard and heavy about why you're making this about you. And this is a hard, hard shift to make. And it's a hard, hard way to be aware of yourself and aware of your parenting style. Dan Siegel and I think her name's Mary Hartzell wrote a book called Parenting from the Inside Out. And they have lots of studies and lots of research about attachment and parenting and children and all of that. 
And one of the things that they have noticed is that attachment and the way parents and child interact, parents and children interact with each other is strongly connected to the parents' understanding of their own earthly their own early childhood experiences or early life experiences. And so as a parent, making sense of your life becomes a critical piece of parenting because it supports your ability and willingness to provide an emotional connection to your child, a flexible emotional connection with your child, where instead of just looking at the behavior of your child, so if you go back to the Costco incident where your three boys are acting like menaces and up to the young adult or the 17-year-old child who is now using substances and, and stealing, that's a behavior that is representative somehow and some way of an experience or a feeling that your child is having. And this is not to say that there are not consequences. And this is not to say that there are not boundaries around these behaviors, because that is something that absolutely is part of parenting and part of creating an emotionally healthy and an emotional connection to your children. And it's not about you. And so I hope that I am making this idea clear because what Lindsay said, as she is coming from the perspective of an adult child who has made a lot of choices and done a lot of things in her 27 years, some of which have followed the family values, some of which may be different, some are her own new values. Some are the values that she and her husband are making together. Some of them are her husband's values and on and on. And I, as the parent, get to watch her find her path without making any of her decisions about me. A fairly quick and fairly easy way to begin to detach from these outcomes is to increase your curiosity. And I mentioned last week the idea of engaging with your adult children with the same type of curiosity that you had as you were watching your infant children grow into toddlerhood and those younger years where you were fascinated by everything that they were doing. I realize that you might be watching your children engage in activities and behaviors and things or leave things behind that you're not fascinated by, okay? They might even be scary. You may be worried, frustrated, sad, hurt, all those kinds of things. But what's wrong with a little curiosity? What's wrong with saying, hey, I noticed that it was really hard for you guys to be in Costco today. Was this just a one-off thing or what was going on? And asking questions. The Costco issue with three boys is not going to get you a lot of deep information, but it's going to tell your kid, 
that you at least care enough about what's going on for them to say, hey, I'm not going to be mad about this. I'm not going to be angry about this. I want to know what was going on for you guys. You're usually pretty good. This behavior seemed outrageous. Tell me what's going on. You might not get much, but what you, you will get is a connection. You will get an attachment and your child will see that you are interested in them. Same with your 17 year old. You're not going to be particularly fascinated with why they are using substances or stealing. But there is something going on underneath that behavior. And it would be well with all of us if instead of being punitive and disciplinarians, if what we did instead was create a level of curiosity, which then opens up the relationship, secures the attachment a little bit more and allows for consequences and boundaries to be to be put in place that are done out of love and respect and taking care of ourselves. And so this idea of being curious is a way to detach from letting your children be a reflection of you. And then there was Carson. And Carson's big one seemed to me to be the one where she said that if we have all of these relational connections with our kids when they're younger and in high school and whatnot, out of necessity, because we're involved in their sports or their music or their activities, and then they stop doing those things, we're left with a void where there is something that used to be easily accessible as common ground. And now we have to come up with something else. And I think she put it beautifully, and I'm not going to be able to quote her, but be as interested in who they are now as who they were then. And so her advice was to find new ways to connect, find out what classes they're taking, find out what hobbies they're involved in, ask about their friends. If they're away from home, ask them what a typical day is like for them. If they have a favorite professor, ask them why and just begin to create new things to connect with and don't wait for them to offer up something to you on a silver platter this is your job as a parent to find new ways to connect and it may take a while it may not come really easily it may take weeks or months or even a couple years to find new ways to relate with your kids when you're when those old ways are gone and just keep trying just keep trying and see how much headway you can make with some open-ended questions or some direct questions about school what's their favorite subject have they made any new friends do they like where they're living? 
Are they pleased with the job that they got? What's their favorite thing about the job? Start small, just start. And I think those were the two big things that I wanted to talk about. And what I would like to leave you with today is basically a plea for questions. I really want to help you understand this idea of parent-child differentiation and creating a physically and emotionally safe space and a safe environment for your children to become their best selves and not little yous. And I don't mean the sheep kind. I mean the pronoun kind. And I've messed that up many, 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 many times where I have believed that my children's choices are a reflection on me as opposed to them just finding their authentic selves. Not my favorite way to put it, but what they're doing is they're using their agency to become the person they're meant to become. And there will be steps forward and steps backward. There will be uphill climbs and downhill slides. And there will be the good and the bad and the ugly. And it's not about me. And I want to help you guys figure that out for yourselves. And so I really would love some questions. And I will leave a couple, a couple of links in the show notes where you can leave me questions. You can use the Instagram platform to leave me questions. You can use the Spotify platform itself to leave me questions in the comments. And it would be really, really helpful to expand on this topic if I had specific directions from my audience. And so I'm going to ask you all to send me one question that I can answer to help uh, make this topic real for you and make this switch doable if it's something that you haven't already begun to do. And that's my hope for this series of podcasts. And this series of podcasts includes the three circles and boundaries. And so I'm not done with that because all of this plays in together and is an integral part of learning how to parent as a differentiated human being. Joseph Campbell said, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. And have a great week. Mm-hmm.